it's the great debates. We're back again, oh, again, again, uh, after a long absence. And for that very reason, I know everyone's chomping at the bit to get into some debates. So I'm going to kick us off. We're going to do three micro debates. Today. That's a good idea. Just oh. all micros. Oh, that's a good idea. Classic all micro episode. Oh, wow. The dollar menu. And I'm going to start it off with Steve Healy taking the pro. Four minutes on the clock. It's harder to kick a 35-yard field goal than it is to get an A in a college-level organic chemistry class. I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. Give me four months, about the length of time that we, I think a college-level organic chemistry class would last. And here's what I'm doing. I'm three hours with a coach in the morning, some runs, some hill uh, workouts, etc. in the afternoon, some video study uh, technique in the uh, evening. I'm going to kick a field goal probably within 10 weeks. Give me that same amount of time. I'm never getting an A in organic chemistry. Not going to happen. I just, I, I could take it 20 times. Maybe I'd get an A. I'd be lucky to pass. Uh, organic chemistry is very, very hard. It's just intuitive for some people and not for others. But I think a healthy athletic person could probably train themselves to kick a field goal. Now, I would like a moderator stipulation. Is this like kicking a field goal in a game situation or just Oof. kicking a field goal? Um, I don't like, know. There was a from there the was a sort of a author's intent here, right? Because okay. it's clearly harder. I think to I could handle a game, game situation. Frankly, wait, wait, wait. Uh, hold on. I, you're you're arguing. I thought you had the pro that it's harder. I've got confused. What's the topic again, Medina? It's harder to kick a. <laughs> it's harder. To, <laughs> it's harder to kick a field goal than it is to get an A in organic chemistry. Steve has sort oh. of taken the reverse. Well, oh, it, I can switch it. <laughs> well, it got confusing because you said you needed a lot of, you were going to do roughly <laughs> six hours of study a day to kick a field goal, which no, no, sounds no, no. hard. Three hours. Three okay. hours Let's reverse it, though. I'm taking the pro. Yeah, organic chemistry is a bunch of stuff you can memorize and learn. Some people are never going to kick a field goal. I'm one of them. It's not going to happen. It's just, I could maybe... This is amazing. Punt Do I need to start yards. the clock over? Yeah, 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 sure. yeah reset. So okay. wait, but look, organic, organic chemistry is a set of patterns and known information that a human brain can memorize and retain. It doesn't require any creativity or ability. It's hard to wrap your head around those concepts, and it's hard to uh, master them and memorize them. But it's a lot, a heck of a lot easier than performing an athletic feat that you might just choke on. I mean, the pros choke all the time. Kicking a field goal is really, really hard. Uh, way more people have graduated with a uh, A in organic chemistry, I would guess, than successfully kick a field goal. Every college probably has five or ten people who get an A in organic chemistry every year. Uh, a lot of colleges miss field goals all the time. They have one kicker, 
So uh, may not even have a football team in a lot of these places. So I think it's a lot easier to get an A in organic chemistry. Yeah. Oh, you do. Uh, and you I do. feel confident. I feel confident <laughs> in that. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, okay. So they have these contests all the time where, like, you at halftime, they bring a kid out of the stands. And if he hits, kicks the field goal with zero mm-hmm. preparation, then mm-hmm. he wins whatever, a car or tuition or something it happened at Purdue a couple weekends ago, a few weekends ago. Mm-hmm. And the kid hit it. I, I want to. Yeah. I contest about whether there's zero preparation there. I think they often they don't bring down a random person, right? Uh, well, I don't know, but I think yeah, that it's okay. random. I mean, I've saw, okay. they often fail. Um, okay, but uh, there's also okay. Let's assume that they often fail, right? But yep. Healy, let's 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 drill down on that. Let's say that Sh- these are both no preparation situations, and let's say that you've no preparation to kick a field goal, and let's say that you have no preparation to try to get an A in organic chemistry. Whoa, Most whoa, whoa, people- wait, there's no there's nothing in the topic about no preparation. It's which is harder. Okay, well. <laughs> some people will some freaks will just be able to kick in a, a field goal that's and right if, and if the some pool people is everybody okay so here's where it is some freaks will be yeah. able to kick a field goal Look, because it's not that you hard you can't go from some zero people, you, you can't never have studied and get an a in organic chemistry exactly I acknowledge that great yeah. point okay even if you have a background in chemistry it's not easy to get an a in organic chemistry and even if you do get an a it's much harder to get it doesn't mean that fewer people have kicked a field goal in a game situation or like the numbers of people don't apply, but it's so many more hours of work and difficulty put into getting an A in organic chemistry, which is notoriously like one of the most difficult classes at a college. So you have, so to be able to kick a field goal, you either might be a naturally gifted and just be able to kick it or be like a little bit of practice far less than the amount of work that goes into putting in getting an A in organic chemistry it's just easier. Picture the stadium at Purdue. Dave brought up Purdue. Great. We we asked those people how many people can come down here and kick a field goal. The guy on the team, hopefully, although they miss all the time, sure. The, a couple people from the stands come down when every once in a while somebody wins one of those contests. It's very exciting. Now imagine that whole stadium. We ask how many people here got an A in organic chemistry. I'm going to guess 20 hands go up. Purdue's a tough school, engineering school. People are bright there. There's doctors in the audience, etc. There's going to be more people who have done it. That suggests to me that it's easier. Uh, now, maybe more people try it, whatever. The numbers are a little different. But I think that there's a reason why more people have gotten an A in organic chemistry. When was the last time, Healy, you tried to kick a field goal? Because it's uh, – here's the thing oh, is that, like, it is hard. Okay, funny. But, no, like – I'm kidding. Um, it's – most people will, like, kind of come close if not hit it. Like, it's hard to – like most people, at least of like, you know, a youngish age, the kind of age that you would be able to get an A in organic chemistry, say. Uh, like I don't know. The most, top is not stipulating any like limitations of youth. Or anything. Well, OK, well, an eight year old isn't going to get an A in organic chemistry or nor is a 95 year old either. I think it, you the, could it'd the, be easier to train an eight year old to get a well, to get an A in organic chemistry. <laughs> Then to kick a, how many eight year olds can kick a thirty five yard field goal? I got it. It's not an extra point, going. right? No, it's clo- it's closer is. than an extra point now. An NFL oh, really? extra point, yeah. We can petition for more time, but I'm curious what the moderator says about yeah. what turned out to be a pretty funky little debate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one leave, but funky, uh, extremely funky. I, you know. 
lately I've been like, are we are we too old to be doing micro debates? Because like, you know, is this a young man's game? Interesting. Because mm. it's such a small, a short amount of time. It's so got to be so tight. The shit just has to be rolling off the tongue. Dave's got to cut in. Steve's got to come back. And then we got to wrap it out and feel like we're there. Our, our, our juices are just starting to flow at the four minute mark. And that's when the interesting content is like starting to, you well, know, we certainly spill don't, out onto the field. We certainly don't have time I for think, an opening statement where someone thinks they're on a different side. <laughs> <laughs> that tends to slow us down a little. That did uh, bend the debate in a weird way. <laughs> It feels like that should have been a bigger advantage for me, and yet somehow I don't think I I seized it. <laughs> but it was weird because you were like, you were trying, you were, uh, can you bring us into your head for a second, Healy? Because you were like, yeah. you were arguing that it's easier to kick a field goal, but to do so, you, you needed like morning and evening workout sessions to make it happen. I was setting up a hypothetical college semester, and I thought if I spent that time kicking a field goal, I definitely could. And if I spent that time studying for organic chemistry, I'm far from certain. Three hours a day? Is that the, wow. Is that the right, plus evening? Is that yeah. the right amount of time for orgo, I guess? Well, I, I'm not saying that's some people need less, some people need, but whatever. If I were commit, if my one goal this semester is either kick a field goal or pass mm. organic chemistry, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm going to devote a lot of time to it. Uh, sure. I'm sure I could do the field goal. I'm not sure I could do the chemistry. Boy, isn't uh, there <sighs> often a curve in organic chemistry yes. such that like only one person or two people get the A yeah. and then everyone oh, else God. is first? It seems very hard to do. Yeah. Did you guys why take is it? organic like why is it so much harder than inorganic chemistry? That's a great question. I don't know. It should be easier, right? We're just dealing with stuff that's got carbon in it, right? I think it's <laughs> all the cells and shit, you know? It's all cells, alive. Yeah, cells are wacky. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. It's cells. That's how they get you famously. You don't have to worry yeah. about cells when you're kicking a field goal, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> or no, man, it should be called aim. cell side. When you are a who becomes the kicker, right? Is this, you know, like the quarterback? We all have a picture in our head of like the right. leader and like mm-hmm. just the all around the best athlete, and then that person is groomed and then they become the quarterback. But with the kicker, like coach just says, like, yeah, you know, some guy, you you start practicing, and then it is just like a a lot of practice, right? It's or is there like thing the guy with the longest legs or something? I don't maybe. Or is it like yeah. converted soccer players? Sometimes? That sometimes could be. It's like and now they've got these Aussie Australian guys come over to like be. They're usually punters, punters, like, right? punters yeah. Uh, the um, punters. They, uh, it's like who? It's like how do you end up like playing the triangle in an orchestra or something? You know, right. Something well, like yeah, I guess. Maybe this Depression. Pat McAfee character will get more uh, kids interested in kicking. Or was he a punter? I think he was a kicker. Pat Mac- the guy who pays Aaron Rodgers a yeah. million dollars to talk to him? Yeah. He was a kicker? I think he was. He played in the oh, NFL. I thought, you were, I thought you were going to maybe we could get some of that sweet money to appear on his show talking about this. That seems more unlikely than either 
<laughs> one of us kicking a field goal or getting an A in organic chemistry. Pat McAfee pays us $5,000 to spitball about kicking on his show. I don't think he... I feel like the kicker is always a Scandinavian guy. Okay. What's the like first gun? Mm-hmm. The Steve first gun. <laughs> yeah. Are you thinking of the Hauschka brothers from Needham, Massachusetts, yeah. Healy? Yes. Maybe maybe so. Yeah. Pride of Needham, <laughs> NFL legends. Yeah. Far from the pride of Needham. <laughs> I would rank Ted Donato ahead and the astronaut. Oh, and yes. Nita Williams, Ali Reisman. They're not even yeah. in the top. They're not even in the top five. Carl Ravitch. You got a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Fred Muzzy, of course. Of oh, sure. <sighs> Let's get on to the next micro, I think. Oh, okay. I think that's no, sounds like you a got good more idea. to say, this, sir. Uh, we've eaten up 12 minutes of this podcast so far, <laughs> so maybe we should keep moving. Um, this one is gonna be a provable. Oh, oh, exciting. And it's been a while since we've done any debates, and it's been a long time since we've done a provable just to refresh everyone's memory. This is a debate that is less of a subjective judgment call. And there actually is a real answer uh, in yep. theory. Um, the truth is and, out and so none of us in this room know the answer to this. So I'm judging blind. But does, we have to be very uh, and clear. These guys are debating if, blind. If yes, I may, Dave, sorry. Medina, it's very important that the Go listener ahead. understands this. The winner of the debate is not the person who was on the correct side of the provable. That's correct. It's the person who argued their side better because we. This is a essentially a coin flip that we don't know the answer to. There is an answer, but that's not the answer. Isn't the point? That's sort of an interesting footnote, right? Well, and really, why do we even? Maybe we shouldn't even say the answer. Irrelevant. Well, I don't know if we usually do it this way, but <laughs> it's we, fun should, trivia. we should say the answer after Medina renders whatever kind of verdict he renders yes. about yes. the debate oh, itself. Clearly. Okay, all right. Okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. Um, really, you know, it's just an emblematic of all of the debates that we do, really, the provable, because, you know, there, Let's call it 60 to 70% of the time there is an answer, and it, it just doesn't matter. It's who That's right. pled their case in a stronger way. Hmm. So here, let's get going. I'm going to put four minutes on the clock. Healy is going to take the pro. <clears throat> I'm listening carefully. And in this case, I can definitely say that the pro is more life-affirming. And that's because the topic is the inventor of the TV remote control is still alive. Hi, I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. Um, I'm going to imagine there were some remote control experiment type things as early as... I mean, let's start with this. The TV is only as old as, say, 1948 commercial television. And there, there may have been some, like, you know, prototype kind of things, but I think, like, the real solid TV remote, I'm going to guess I didn't have one in my house probably till, I don't know, mid-80s to even late-80s, I'm going to guess. Somewhere the kind of there. mind yeah. that comes up with something like that. Young, bright, engineer, innovator. It's not going to be an old man who came up with that. So sometime in the 1980s, a guy, I'm going to guess it was a guy, may have been a woman, who knows, uh, came up with something that probably, I'm going to speculate that person was 40, 
could be way younger. Uh, a lot of these innovations are come up 20s, 30s. So we've, we're talking about somebody who was born in like 1940, 1950. Think that person's still alive. And that's cool and fun. And we should honor this person. I'm surprised we don't know their name. So I'm guessing it's you a bunch of are? people, like maybe a team or something. Um, <laughs> but yeah, th this kind of innovation... 80s, 70s, 80s is when this happened. It was probably a young person. The person's probably the kind of mind that comes up with that, the kind of mind who's going to uh, okay. make sure to keep uh, themselves the, healthy and fit. Yeah. The person who invented the TV remote is still alive. Okay, so I'm going to, a few things that I'm just going to tick off. One, I think it was invented before the 80s. I think that just because it was commercially available in the, it was available, like, I have a similar recollection to you, probably, like, mid to late 80s, first time we had it in our house, but I bet it was available way before that, and I bet it was invented, my guess is, sometime in, like, the early 70s or late 60s or so, I, I don't know, but I just think that it was probably the technology was there, and then it took a long time for it, be, for it to become commercially available. Okay, well, look, probably, probably you, you spent a lot of time talking. <laughs> let me just take hold on to that, but let me take off a couple things. I don't think it was a young guy. I bet it was an old, like, IBM career guy, like, lifer. I don't think this was the kind of thing that was being driven by ingenuity as much as it was, you know, like, uh, a corporate veteran telling another corporate veteran, like, we need a way for people to change the channel while they're still sitting down. Also, type person who worked in this field probably exposed to a lot of, like, chemicals and, uh, what do you call it, uh, radiology? What's the word I'm looking for? Radiation? Uh, radiation is the noun, yeah. and <laughs> that is bad and may have contributed to, their, uh, to an early demise. That's what I think. I don't think, okay, now, there may be a case that, like, you know, in Leonardo da Vinci's notebooks or something, there's a a hypothetical yeah, but we, uh, remote that's not control what we're device. About. We, Forget about that. Right, of course. Now, the, the real invention, yeah. as soon as they invented this, they got it to the people because as soon as there was TV, it was a problem to change the channel. Well, that's funny. And as soon as they came up with it, so that, that makes me think it's even later than oh, see, we Okay, we see, what I thought you were going to say was that as soon as they came up with the TV, they were trying to invent the TV remote. And I bet I you they so. were. And I, I, bet I think this is, this is a case like where, you know, the stirrup didn't uh, what well, didn't come around until the year 1000 or like the you know the uh the chinese okay. didn't have the plow until the year you know 1400 all the uh, obvious seemingly obvious things the wheel not known in the new world until the time of columbus like obvious things don't always get created and i think the tv remote is one of these things that's like miraculous wonderful invention that's of our lifetime and I bet it was somebody from like our dad or grandpa's generation who who came up with this. Uh, even O'Healy, oh, let's look at what we're, what the youngest possible person. You're saying that it was invented right before it became commercially. Or this is like the best case scenario for you. It was invented right before it became commercially accessible. Let's say it was invented in like 1984, which there's no okay. way it was. Let's say that the person who invented it was 30 at the time. That's mm -hmm. really young to invent a mate, right? Okay, that person was born in. 1955, which means that part, the youngest possible version of this person is what, six, uh, 68? Mm hmm. That's the youngest possible. Even a 68 year old, there's a good chance that they're dead. We're really, if you look at this as the range of possibilities is between. Ah! I think I made my point. Boy. I was thinking that. You know, in soccer, how they just let the clock go and then they they give oh, extra time. Yeah. yeah, injury time. Yeah, that's what we need to do here. 
Like You're if someone takes a little yeah, too long moderate. at the opening. <laughs> moderate, I, So man. I took, well, I took it upon myself to add 30 seconds because oh, Helix's oh, opening oh, statement went good. a little bit long. Yeah, you could add a, but, add and a I think, little card. I think we kind of got there. Yeah. Um, I, I think the guy's still alive. <laughs> Okay, but because now is that based on what Healy said, or is that just what you think? It's just the math, yes. And and you, I'm sorry, Dave. Sixty eight, you kind of like helps reinforce it. Like a sixty eight year old, but there's no way he is sixty eight. That's the best possible no, case scenario. Why not? I know, but also why not? Maybe the person. It's a you know. Well, okay, it's an old technology infrared, and then they. And then right. somebody right, right. slaps some stuff together right. and booyah. Okay, so have you looked it up, the answer? No, no, oh. I haven't. Well, we got to prove hmm. it. I, I think the reality is that the person's dead. Well, what the hell is that? I'm, that's my own opinion, that's not crazy. based on the debate. One, just one, <laughs> I wish I had the mental acuity to throw this into the debate at the time. Uh, but <laughs> if this person died during our lifetime there would have been late night jokes about it and it's possible okay. we missed that but like there would have been a jay leno a david letterman like do make having a monologue joke about the, the inventor of the tv remote control died uh and then there would have been a joke about that and i don't remember that i i don't watch every single late night show but you know there's a decent chance i would have caught that if it happened what do you think okay so <laughs> here's yeah. the deal the first remote control was right. invented by Tesla. Okay. No kidding. That's cool. But just the concept of the remote control. The inventor of the television remote control is known. He was recently inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame. No kidding. His name is Robert Adler. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he was born... On December 4th, 1913. <laughs> okay, so he's got to be dead. And, but he died in 2007. Oh, wow. wow. Good run. And, yeah, I think he did great. 94? Is that what that is? Oh, oh awesome. <laughs> and when did he cool. invent cool it? Cool outcome. Uh, in 56 for Zenith. 56 exactly wow so he was pretty well (laughs) so i was right and And just nobody okay amazing correct it's this is a wireless remote yeah it's a great idea space was called space command space command is cool as hell (laughs) can you imagine (laughs) if we still called it that i mean oh they blew it calling it the remote Right, Colin and Winslow. I was wrong. Space, it was not infrared. <laughs> oh, infrared was introduced in the eighties. It became more widely available at that time by someone else. Well, there you go. Now, well, what was he using? Dave, you were radio signal. Or something? Dave, you weren't right. You know what? But you were you were on the side of right. Correct loser. Story of my life. Um, what did Great you get, memoir title? Yeah, correct, loser. What did you guys? <laughs> what did you call that the that device in your homes growing up? The remote. The remote. I think we remote. most of the time 
called it the, oh, cl- the clicker the clicker yeah yeah we ca- the yeah. clicker was the clicker that's certainly what my friend's dad sort of called it do you think that the week that Robert Adler died, 2007, if we reviewed the late night shows, yes. there was a joke about him on two out of the three? Or three February episodes? 7th. Gotta be. 2007. Gotta be. We can, you, I if mean, we have anybody at the up. Paley Center of Television History, let us know. When Bill Sheft <laughs> read that, oh, that story, <laughs> he was so psyched to get in there. <laughs> it's funny because I think of Bill Sheft a lot with extra points. Well, Bill Chef, for people who don't know, was a was a uh, monologue writer uh, for Late Show with David Letterman. I worked with him very briefly, and he used to come into my office and complain. I remember him complaining very angrily when Harvard missed an extra point in the Harvard Yale game. Ugh, He's a Harvard graduate. Jesus, I've he he's a big fan of Harvard football. Oh, and what did he want you to do about it? I commiserate. I don't know. <laughs> he just wanted to talk. I don't think anyone should ever publicly to another person express any feelings about a Harvard missed extra point. <laughs> it's like, why not? It's chat. Oh, Come on. It's gross. I don't know. I guess it's fine. It's healthy. What's the problem? <laughs> We're making connections here in this fragile world of ours. Yeah. Sooner or later, God's going to reach out his remote and turn us all off. Ooh. Like he did Robert Adler. <laughs> We may as well, you know, find some common ground. True indeed. All right. Do we have time for one more or are we just... I hope so. Yeah. Let's do one more. Let's do one more. Uh, I'm trying to decide who ought to take the pro on this. Who ought to pro? Oh, good, Healy. Lannis Morissette. Yes. That is really good. (laughs) Always the sign of a good impression when you have to say who it is after you. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, somebody called my attention to the fact that the villain in the Lannis Morissette jukebox musical is named Steve Healy. Really? Yeah. That's so weird. Two different people texted me after seeing the Alanis Morissette jukebox music. Wait, what? I know we've got a top to get to, but how yeah. is this person? What do they? What does Steve Healy do no in this musical? Te- I haven't yeah. seen it. Uh, but he's apparently the dad of the main character, and he's a workaholic and also a porn addict. Oh, I was told. So he's yeah. not the ex from You Ought to Know. No, he's the, the dad. I don't. I don't know the plot of the musical, but I guess there's a girl who's developing, and she's got a dad who's tough. And so weird. <laughs> yeah, odd. I guess. Anyway. you should be glad that it's not like in no, the bit most popular Broadway musical of all time or something. Otherwise, yeah, that would, would be yeah. The Harold Hills out there. I don't know. Yeah, who's the most famous Broadway Broadway name that we know? Um, Othello. <laughs> Some, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Was Othello on Broadway? I don't know how that stuff works. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I guess like if for some reason your name were um, what's the wicked uh, girl with the weird name? I can't remember. <sighs> Whatever. I'm sorry. I went down this road. No. Yeah, I know. What you're, I know where you're going to. It's like Persephone or something like that. But that's not <sighs> it. The name of the witch. Whatever. Yeah. We don't know it, so we it doesn't don't matter. Know it. Why There's am I... no way. There isn't a Broadway character famous enough that could have ruined my life. So it's fine. Okay. Sorry, Dan. Alphaba, uh, something like that, right? Alphaba. Yeah, Alphaba. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. All right, Healy, I mean, Medina. What's the top? I'm, I'm sorry. <clears throat> I I I I kind of want to switch this one up and have let's do it. Dave, take the pro. I'll do. Oh it. wow. Are you down? Yeah. What is it? Okay. 
Well, you'll find out. Um, four minutes on the clock. Yeah. Dave King taking the pro. We don't need the moon. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, that's correct. We don't need the I'm Dave King, and I'm taking the pro. We don't, we don't need the moon. The moon serves no actual purpose for us here on Earth. And sure, it's nice to look at, and it reflects the light of the sun at night, but we have enough uh, man-made light that we don't need that anymore. And I can't really think of any purpose that the moon serves other than messing up our lives with the tides, which would be a lot easier. In fact, it would make things easier, frankly, if we got rid of the damn moon and we could navigate the uh, the oceans more easily, unless that's a um, earth science fact that I have wrong, that the moon <laughs> influences the tides of the earth. Um, but yeah, we don't need it. Uh, look, I'll miss it if it's gone. It's not to say that it doesn't serve a sort of poetic purpose for us, but um, we don't need it. Honestly, good riddance. Healy, what possible use is there for the moon? That we Four need reasons. it. Four reasons we need the moon. One, uh, light at night. And yes, in modern times, we have a lot of electric light. We don't need to worry about that. That's but right. moonlight is extremely important, uh, especially in pre-electric light times. If you're out there, uh, you know, camping in the desert or something, you you can tell big time the difference when there's moonlight and when there's not. You're going to make a important. fire. You have light from a fire. It's Keep important. going. Well, Go to your second one because you're wrong about to that. Try making a fire in pitch black, no moonlight, no nothing. You're in trouble. But hey, you're caught lantern. outside in the, in the night. Again, we're talking about great circumstances uh, Any, where we're fortunate it, enough to have a fire, a lantern. We need fortunate enough important. to have a lantern. If Two, you don't have a lantern, if you don't inspiration, have something like okay, that, Dave, then the Dave, moon isn't going to help Dave, you survive. You, Go ahead. You had plenty of time to talk and to get through yeah, my four right. reasons okay. why we need the moon. Yeah. Second, inspiration. How much poetry, song, uh, when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, all that stuff is important. We need the moon for that. It's a it's a muse. It's a, it's a, a source of creativity it gives us something to talk about that's a value to the moon we need it for that reason when the Next stars hit, hit your eye like a big same thing you're doesn't done. hit you and know by it doesn't the way, hit the stars have their function in the, song and first story thought, and poetry first the fucking thought was pretty good and the by the moon, way Healy that's a perfect example Dave. of something that would be nice but we don't need I mean honestly we'd all be fine without the song that's amore next curiosity yeah. the, the fact that the moon exists inspires curiosity and energy inspired us to go to the moon one of our first big projects led to a lot of other important discoveries we needed the moon for that now that's past tense that's if you right. want to debate whether we need the moon that's now, exactly we right. could talk about that. I think that would be interesting. It. But I do think we needed the moon to get there, and we still need the moon to remind us of and that And now that we don't need it, drive we can us, get rid of it. Drive us to greater achievements. We don't. We wouldn't really want to go to Mars if we hadn't already gone to the moon. We didn't see so, the moon thinking sorry, about, the hey, topic we went whether there, we, need Mars we can or not? go to Mars. The topic is, do we need Mars? Finally, tides are important, Dave. Low tide is cool. You get the clams. Tide, pool, tide pools wouldn't exist. We need the moon just for that reason to allow us to explore and harvest from the ocean it allows for a nice uh, rhythm to seaside life we need the moon for that reason so for these four reasons we absolutely need the moon it uh, illuminates inspires uh excites creativity and creates tidal uh, patterns which are crucial to human life okay so the first three we all agree i think already were preposterous so i have you down i the don't agree they were i don't agree reason, that my own arguments the were preposterous. one viable reason nice that you have try. well as, as i said you can but, you can look, bring the fact is, with you and the one reason be, that has so far not been shot down that you have is uh you get the clams 
which I think you could get even without low tide. You don't need to, you know, like you don't need tides to be able How to harvest clams. In fact, I would imagine that, it'd be easier. Picture a, world, picture a world that has no moonlight and no tides. It's yeah. very difficult to collect shellfish at this point. You're not, you're just not going to yeah, be able to do gonna it. Yeah, but we're not going to die off as a species. We're not even going to like suffer We'd that much. We'd be sad. We, we would suffer. Yeah, we would suffer. So fine. Okay. I think I'm okay with that debate being over at that time. <laughs> I don't think we need to go that much further. Is it what I I think what I'm realizing is that it's if it happens in the four minutes, it's not it's actually not that great of a <laughs> debate. Not that like you handled it well, you managed it. It's actually just there isn't a whole lot to say. Mm. Maybe I don't know. Um. <clears throat> I think it all hinges on the need, the need, and this is where Dave really brought some strength and some like really so some cynicism. <laughs> the listeners can see his face. He's <laughs> oh, so man. upset. He's right. By the way, he's right. We, I mean, the, it's better to have the moon. There's no doubt about it. It's better. But Dave's like, it's better. We don't. I mean, we don't need it. No, we're gonna. I, look, think of all the people that are allergic to shellfish that are going to be thrilled. <laughs> Man, I, I don't, think worth it. don't think tides are that crucial to collecting shellfish. You can do it without. <laughs> That's what I said. No, I think a lot of it. <laughs> well, I think a lot of it, like without tides, would there even be like cohogs? I don't know. I'm not sure. I would right. like to invite a listener that I know is out there. I'm not sure who it is uh, who has. Um, a degree in marine biology or, or, or something right. like that, or just simple, like has taken a science class in the last <laughs> 10 years. And yeah, a degree in anything, that, honestly, would be good. <laughs> really? That like it, it, without the tides, the earth would simply fall apart and or be engulfed in flames or something like that. Yeah, or like would the earth, do we need the moon spinning around <laughs> us to keep us on our orbit or whatever i don't know uh, like if the moon just went away would we be screwed or is it like no you know the earth yeah but i think the moon is a chunk of the earth and the earth existed before there was moon i believe i don't know i might be wrong it was volatile but i don't know if it was like <laughs> it was volatile what are you yeah. basing that on we're gonna <laughs> you know my studies of prehistory uh-huh of lunar volatility <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> But is that true, well, the part about the moon and the tides? That's real? It's true that the moon infl- creates yeah. the tide, yeah. That's crazy. I, it's yeah. truly crazy. It's amazing. I think we need the moon. That's oh, you think we need it? <laughs> no. Well, I don't know. It's great. I'll tell you it's, like, it. it's right on the border. It's so great. It's so cool to look up and see the moon that it's hard to imagine. If, especially one of those big moons. The oh, big, you know, the forget strawberry it. moons. And yeah. Those ones. Wow. You know who needs it is the wolf man. He would he, be he screwed. Now the wolf man needs the moon. Or actually is the moon a nightmare for him. He'd be happiest of all if we got rid of it. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have to howl anymore. Yeah. We Team wouldn't wolf. even hear about him. Well, do we need, do <laughs> we as a have species a peaceful need night for once? <laughs> <laughs> need uh, I don't know. Glad to have it though. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh man! All right. Well, I don't know. I had a I had a good time ripping some micros with you guys. <laughs> Satisfying was... evening of debate for us. I feel <laughs> hopefully cool. for the listeners. Yeah, they, they sure. Don't worry about. They got them. their zero. Don't worry about them. them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about the listeners. Uh, is sort of my general attitude about this whole thing. You know. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> nice. <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. Okay. Well, <laughs> listeners, I like you, and I think you're important. I didn't, I didn't say process. I didn't. I didn't say I didn't like them. They're not important to this process. I know that. Do we need the listeners? Well, not, yeah. We don't have that many. Look, you know what? It is nice when people say they listen to us. I have to say that is very heartwarming. And as much as I don't understand it, I think it's very nice. So sure. it is nice when I, Joe Mandy and Noah Garfinkel say they listen to us. That's exactly right. Yeah. Our two listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, dudes. Okay, <laughs> folks. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. I think that's we've, we've yeah. done what we needed to do. Um, and we will see you again very soon on The Great Debates. The Great Debates is produced by Mark Caracello. The theme song was composed by Christopher Knight. The debaters are Steve Healy and Dave King. And the podcast is moderated by Dan Medina. <laughs> <laughs>